The views and opinions expressed on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast, represents each person's individual experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. My Story Living with Lupus podcast is officially trademarked, all rights reserved. Thank you for joining me for another episode of my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. I'm your host, Susan Hendricks, and I'm so glad that you can join me on this Monday, August 9th, 2021 a question for you. Wonder if you were a man and you were diagnosed with antiphospholipid syndrome and lupus. Now since APS is more common in women, it is rare, fewer than 200,000 cases per year right here in the United States. Well, author Darren Radke details his journey in Deceived from Within, Living with APS and Lupus. He's here to talk about his journey of not only being diagnosed with antiphospholipid syndrome, but also lupus. So, you know what I want you to do? That's right. All the way from the United States to the Canary Islands of Spain. Get ready to Grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, and to my listeners late at night, you know I appreciate you. So go ahead, come on, get ready to grab your favorite glass of wine and join the conversation right here on my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. As I mentioned earlier in the this episode, I have the author of Deceived from Within, Darren Ratke. Darren, thank you for joining me on my story, Living with Lupus podcast. Before we discuss your book, 
please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So, could you please tell the listeners about your health before being diagnosed with antiphospholipid syndrome and lupus? Because it is rare. Antiphospholipid syndrome is most commonly found in women, and it's rare. So, tell us a little bit about that. Okay. I was, I was always healthy. I always to keep myself in good shape. Uh, and then all of a sudden, within a five-day span, I wake up one morning, my arm is all swollen. And then, again, five days later, here I am laying in the hospital bed at two o'clock. And it was puzzling. Uh, then throughout the years, then uh, I was very steady uh, with my labs. We really didn't have a diagnosis other than lupus anticoagulant, something generic. Uh, before you know it, then I had three seizures and another blood clot in uh, about a seven-month period. And that kind of raised the flag uh, with the seizures. And then I went through a lot of testing briefly. Uh, and they considered me having epilepsy. And I knew something else was going on because my skills uh, were sliding in a little bit and my attention span, and I would forget things. And it actually took uh, a change in a neurologist, somebody that would actually listen to me, and she pushed me into the direction of the APS Foundation website. And from there, spoke to a person named Tina Pullman. She runs the website, the whole works. And I went up to Gunderson Lutheran Hospital in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And within a period of four months, I was diagnosed with APS and with lupus. Um, the lupus team isn't surprised, but the APS team, it was exactly what I was hoping for. Because I, I fit it to the team. Now, um, when it comes to women um, that deal with lupus, um, what symptoms were you having? Was it all the... APS symptoms and not the what we consider the normal lupus symptoms? I never really gave it a lot of thought, um, especially before then. Um, I did notice a few things being outside. Um, after maybe a couple of hours, I would feel drained. I didn't have the energy. But at that time, I never really put two and two together. But uh, I was having 
you know, joint pain um, in my knees. Um, I do have uh, beat up knees because of playing lots of sports. I had my knee stroke in 2002, so I didn't really think about it too much that as time went on uh, and found out more of the symptoms, it's like, yeah, my energy levels were terrible. I There before I lost my job, I was drinking so much coffee, and I just could not get through some of those days, and I just had no rhyme or reason for my energy levels, and as time went on, I was finding out all these other, you know, symptoms, you know, the brain fog, um, some of the neurological, you know, issues combined with APS, uh, how my skills, everything was just seeming to be sliding downhill. And that's kind of where I got to where I am today. It's, um, it's been quite a journey since 2012 when I first got the diagnosis. In your book, um chapter three you talk about transitions and you have a quote here that states everything happens for a reason that reason causes changes sometimes it hurts sometimes it is hard but in the end it's all for the best what Besides um, the normal changes, lifestyle changes, what other changes or transitions did you have to go through? Well, first one was losing two jobs uh, that you had to accept and try to move forward. Um, then as well with as my health was deteriorating and going through a lot of changes you kind of lose your focus on you know life and somehow some way I had to find you had to keep giving you know not giving up and having hope to get through everything and that's where you know when you start to have to have a transition in life, it's like I went from being employed, uh, getting my degree, uh, all the way to losing two jobs. You have to find acceptance, and that's where I find, you know, the transition from a full-time employee to being on disability. It's there's a lot of pain involved in, um, and also being a being a husband and a father. It's like, boy, that really changes the dynamics within my whole family. And there was a lot of transitions that were going on, and it's difficult. But that's how our lives were changing, and we had to find some sort of acceptance. It is hard. It is very hard. Well, did you um, 
seek any outside help um, to deal with the life-changing transitions that you were going through? Or was it your wife and your kids that helped you through it? A lot of it was my wife and um, my children. Well, mostly my wife. I mean, she is steady. She is a a hard worker. Uh, She really sacrifices a ton. And beyond that, I never really reached out to anybody. And that's always been one of my biggest faults. I... I don't open up, and I have at times spoke to uh, my pastor um, quite a few years ago. Uh, I have spoken to a few psychologists. A couple of them just didn't stick because of financial reasons, and one of them I did talk to, and she just said it's not necessarily you, it's your environment. And you know, you gotta know your limitations and you gotta set up boundaries and try to find some sort of happiness. What makes you happy? And go after that. You know, don't give up on what makes you happy. And within time, I started, you know, just writing a little bit and piece by piece, and before you know it, here I am three years later with the book, and um, I was always afraid to open up, but now all of a sudden, (laughs) here I have a book where I'm opening up three quarters of the book. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's... thing to do, open up. I, I've never been that type of person, never. I've always just tried to stay, you know, stay, you know, even feel, you know, and, you know, try to portray, you know, that, you know, you're happy, you know, try to be, you know, smiling, easy going, but, you know, yeah, deep down, I, I, I was upset and miserable, but you just try to do your best. But yeah, reaching out, I, I was terrible. <laughs> but you turned that negative into a positive. And um, just for my listeners to know that this book, it is going to really help someone who, um, how can I, that may not know which way to turn and may not know which way to go, but through your story and through your journey in your book, you're going to help a lot of people, Darren. You really are. You're going to help a lot of people. And especially for, for males who are, diagnose with APS or lupus or both 
autoimmune um, illnesses, you're going to be able to help them to open up more just by reading your book and seeing what you went through. Thank you uh, for saying that. And, I, you know, uh, always use the mantra that if I can help at least one person, that has done my job. But, yeah, this, there's so much to learn about uh, when you find out that 40% of people who have lupus um, also have APS. And they have absolutely no clue. That they do. They might have all these side effects, and but can't put, you know, two and two together. And and then as well, being a man, uh, only ten percent have both. So you know, the ten percenters, and it's kind of a head scratcher of, you know, why did I get sick? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like out of the 10%, it's like, wait a minute here. Um, how did this happen to me? But, you know, it's, you know, I guess that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, I I really hope that I do reach out and um, I can touch people and have that ability with my book. You know, again, for me to open up like that, it's kind of like here, you know, uh, I'm just going to lay it all out there and this is who I am and hopefully yeah, I can help people and, you know, I, I can't help but go back to the, what I said, you know, that I can help one person I can That's right. And also, it, it really is not enough research um, for men who have lupus and APS. You know, everything is that the woman, a woman is more susceptible of having lupus than a man. But what about the men? Where is the research on men who have this autoimmune illness? And I think that... um, Research should not only be geared um, towards women, but to men as well. Because, yes, men have lupus and men have um, antiphospholipid syndrome. And there really needs to be more research in Chapter 5 of your book. And my listeners, I'm not going to give you everything in the book because you really need to um, purchase the book. It states, somebody get me a doctor. And by that phrase right there, we've all been through that. But give us a little bit about what you went through trying to find the doctor, the right doctor. You got a couple of hours? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, you know, everything kind of just started. I had an excellent um, general physician, my brother, a doctor. He was awesome. And he accidentally, you know, he got killed in a freak accident. And at 
that point, I was going through a neurologist. And again, you know, they were treating me for epilepsy. And, uh, this, I was going to say gentleman, but I should be nice about it. Uh, this doctor, uh, he was a type person. I had to go in every six months uh, because if you lose consciousness in a short period of time, the DMV uh, here in Wisconsin, you have to have a doctor to sign off on your paperwork. If you're steady enough, you be driving. And he was the type of person who really manipulated me. You know, I could not tell him anything. If I would bring up all these side effects that I'm having, uh, the first time I did that, he put me on a different medication. And in truth be told, I would swear on a Bible, he said, you're ready to pay for the big stuff. And he wasn't kidding. The medication he put me on, a uh, month supply, was $350. It was incredible. Um, and at that point, I should have said, forget about it. I'm going to see an, another neurologist. But I thought, you know, I kept thinking about my driver's license. And that was a huge mistake. I mean, um, and then finally, after probably about four years of dealing with this guy, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm done. You know, you won't listen to me. I'm finding another doctor. And I found another neurologist. I only had a couple appointments with her before she pointed me in this direction to APS. And pretty much from that point, I mean, Gunderson moved in was and lacrosse and on Alaska was awesome. But I also had Tina with me uh, as another person in the room that really, I mean, she knows everything you needed to know and work with these doctors. And uh, I've learned more from Tina than I did from the doctors. Mm -hmm. um, and ever since, you know, knock on wood, I've had great doctors throughout the years. Um, I did have a hiccup with a new rheumatologist in December. Um, treated me poorly. Uh, he put me in a position where I had to validate everything from him. He had all the paperwork. He had all of my um, labs. It was kind of a no-brainer. I with all my labs. It's right there in front of you. But, boy, he was just tough on me. And he questioned a lot of things. And when I got home, some of the things he questioned me about, I got the paperwork, I scanned them into my computer, and I sent it to him. I'm like, here you go. And from, but other than that, um, I've been pretty lucky. I've had great doctors. And, um, but I also am to the point where I'm not going to put up with any doctors. You know, the, uh, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't to, I don't want to swear, but yeah, I, there's a lot of things I've learned throughout the years, but right now I'm to the point where it's like, you know what, you're not going to treat me poorly. If you're going to make me validate things, you know, and you refuse to treat me as a regular human person or a human being, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. I'm paying for your services. It's like going to a restaurant. 
Uh, if you get bad service, you get bad food, why am I going back then? I'm going to find another place to go. So, I guess. We've all been... That's the long, that's the long answer about my issues with doctors or good and bad. <laughs> we, we've all been there. I know I have because I was firing them left and right. And uh, uh, my sister would look at me and I said, I don't care. They're not going to treat me like I'm nothing or that oh, yeah. I, I'm just coming in here and everything is all in my head. No, they had, oh, yeah. yeah you, uh, they, they can't see it, you know? Yeah. Okay. It's an invisible chronic illness. Right, right. But it's like, yeah, you know, there might be some people out there that, yeah, maybe, you know, lying about things. Yeah, yeah. But they're few and far in between. And it's like, you know, please don't treat us all this way, you know. Um, it, it, it is really tough, you know, when they... You get somebody, you have to validate everything to them. And even then, you can just sense. Yeah. Um, they still don't quite believe you. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're talking about pain or anything, you know, it seems like the, the conversation goes in the direction of, does this person want to be on Mm-hmm. that. And I understand that, but that is not what I'm trying to tell you. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, there's pain involved, but I can tolerate it. Mm-hmm. But, but as a doctor, you need to know in case something down the road takes change. And, and that was the biggest problem I had with my, my rheumatologist appointment in December. You know, I just wanted to tell him a few things, and yeah, that conversation changed. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, what would you like the listening audience to know um, about why they need to purchase your book? I hope that getting my story out there Especially as a man, you know, to find a way to open up. Don't keep it all inside you. Because, boy, it is, it is tough. And there was times I wanted just to quit in life. It's like I've had enough. But, you know, as a reader, hopefully you can understand what I've been through. But hopefully to motivate you, uh, that way you never lose hope. You got a how I you know continued, um, but I also yes I had help to kind of push me in that direction, and I had somebody who can understand, and I hope that that can motivate people. Uh, I also discussed things there towards the end, two things that I love, you know. I love like music and exercise, and it's like you know, don't quit those things as well. I mean, if they make you happy, keep doing it. Yeah, I have a couple of invisible illnesses, and I like to keep them. And 
keep me motivated. And that's another thing that I'm hoping I can get across to people. It's like, you know, do the things that make you happy. Um, the only person, you know, the only thing that could be holding you back could be you. You know, your body might be as well, but again, you know, I, you just got to find ways to carry on. And you got to find ways to continue to hope. And set an example to everybody. And that's where I hope my book does exactly that. And to all my listeners, um, and from myself, I thank you so much, author Darren Racky, Deceived from Within, Living with APS and Lupus. Guys, go on over to his website at www.deceivedfromwithin.com and pick his book up. I thank you so much for joining me today, Darren, on my story living with lupus podcast. I want to extend to you an invitation to come back and to talk with us more. Well, first, thank you for having me on uh, this podcast. And I would love to talk to you uh, a little more down the road. I, it's an awesome feeling to be a part of being able to talk on a podcast to, uh, to get my story out there. And again, I hope I can be a guest once again. I would love that. You sure will. Um, thank you so much. You have a fantastic week. Diagnosed with both antiphospholipid syndrome and lupus, author Darren Ratke details his journey in Deceived from Within, living with APS and lupus. You can purchase his book at www.deceivedfromwithin.com. to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. joining me for another episode of my story living with lupus podcast with author Darren Radke 
tell you what, you guys have to pick this book up. Um, Whether you are a man or a woman, pick this book up. It's inspirational. He never gave up the fight, you know. Um, Go on over to www.deceivedfromwithin.com to pick your copy up today. Um, I told you guys that I um, was going in for the biopsy. I just received the call from the doctor's office. The biopsy is scheduled for um, August the 30th. I have to go next week to get my pre-op work done. But I'm at the table. These are the cards that I have been dealt and I will remain at the table to play my hand. I thank you so much for putting up with the way I sound. Um, It is a strain. It is becoming a strain. The longer I talk, um, I strain more. Um, my voice more. Um, so it is what it is. But I want to leave you with this. When you face difficult times, know that challenges are not sent to destroy you. They're sent to promote, increase, and strengthen you. You know, I love when people that have been through hell walk out of the flames carrying buckets of water for those still consumed by the fire. I'm Susan Hendricks, your host for my story, Living with Lupus Podcast. Possibly see you later on this week. Enjoy your week. Stay safe.